<laughs> Simon, give that thing a test. We don't want you. Test, 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 test. Test, 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 test. Okay, great. We are back for another episode of a little something we like to call maybe, maybe next time. I am your host, William, with my co-host, Simon McCormick. I think we need to pause here for a minute. Hold on. We're unpaused. Simon, give a little speak into that. Hey, 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 hey. All right. We are back and better than ever. And, Simon, we are here as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. Yeah. (laughs) Um, don't you usually do, uh... Well, you, you usually set it up by saying, Simon McCormick, oh, and then, and I, then I say, it. Nets Nation! Right, I stepped Tell on me if this, this sounds <laughs> familiar. <laughs> Kyrie Irving's injured, and the Nets blew it big time in the fourth quarter! <laughs> 12-point lead, more like six-point blowout in Washington, D.C. Um, here we are. As we are each and every week, as I've already said. Um, last week, you may have noticed Simon's mic was off. You could still mm-hmm. more or less hear him. But <laughs> you know what might help dig us out of the hole where we have episodes where your mic is totally turned off? What's that? A little thing I like to call rate, review, respond. Oh, yeah. Good we're doing at the top, right? Because that's, that's, right. that's what the, the standard of, yeah, of yeah. this is. I know it's uh, annoying to hear people plea f- yeah, for yeah. ratings, reviews, but it, it makes a big difference in Simon and my life. We're actually thinking of migrating to a different platform that's going to really help us reach our audience more oh, yeah. effectively. Oh, yeah. Um, but oh, take, yeah. take a minute here in the in the opening two minutes of the cast. Give this thing a pause or keep listening while you're doing this. Go on to, go on to your Apple, your Stitcher, your Pocket Cast, your Spotify. Click on the old five-star. Five-star only, I think, at this point. Yeah, please. And uh, give us that review that we so, so desperately need. Yes. Simon, we have a killer episode this week. We have a lengthy stat station, which we're about to get to. We are going to have a thematic, a fun thematic section on caucuses. Yeah. Because, and I realized this after we agreed that we're going to do a, a, a theme episode on caucuses, which are relevant and germane. The first caucuses tomorrow. Uh, the primaries are finally kicked off. Um, but I realized after that that today is Super Bowl Sunday, mm. which could have also perhaps been a thematic thing to connect with. Um, somewhat telling that Caucus is at the <laughs> forefront of our minds and not <laughs> not the big Super Bowl game. So, in an attempt to uh, make up and atone for the fact that we forgot about Super Bowl Sunday, I am going to have some rapid-fire su- Super Bowl questions for you oh, later great. in the podcast. All right. um, if people are interested in Simon talking uh, about dips, you're going to want to stick around <laughs> till that. Meryl Street <laughs> Having dips with Airbud, uh, AOC, <laughs> and Elon Omar, then you're definitely going to want to kick it till the end of this episode. We're going to talk the end of trade season because, my God, the clock is ticking on this thing. You're not going to 
tell me. You're not gonna tell me. Uh, yes, we're gonna go talk a little trades. And of course, this is an episode of Maybe Next Time, so we will have some agonizing Kyrie Irving discussion. Um, probably to round out the show. Leave people with a bitter taste in their mouths, as we like to do. But um, <laughs> we are going to start this week, Simon, with a stat station. Okay, choo-choo. And it's a choo-choo. It's a follow-up to last week's stats that I talked about with you, re Karis LeVert. So last week I mentioned to you that every season Karis LeVert's true shooting percentage has gone down, down, down. Meanwhile, his usage rate has gone the opposite direction, up, up, up. Usually you want those things to correlate with each other. Um, they are definitely not in the case with um, Karis LeVert. So he has, as I mentioned last week, a true shooting percentage of 46.4 and a usage rate of 26%. Is that, what's that through? That's through how many games or through like, is that like most recent? This season. Yeah, this is, this is um, before last night. Okay. So this does not include last night. I don't know how he did last night, but it's not going to make a big difference. Got it. Um, So very high usage rate. Very low true shooting. And you asked me, like, who else might be in that category? What's his usage? Sorry. 26%. 26. It's still 26. Yes, it's okay. still 26. So you asked me who else would be in that range. So what I did was I filtered out all players who haven't played at least 20 games this season. Mm-hmm. And I filtered for all players who had a usage rate of 26 or above. And then I looked at what the true shooting percentage was and where Karras ranked amongst all those players. Uh, I think this setup probably suggests to you that he didn't finish well. Uh Of all players listed in this elite category of high-usage players, uh, Mm -hmm. Karras LeVert finished dead last. Out of how many players? uh, There were over 40. Okay. Uh, he was there. The second worst was Westbrook with a 52% true shooting, which is 6% higher than your Karis LeVert. Also at the bottom were Vucevic, Julius Randle, Andrew Wiggins, Spencer Dinwiddie, oh. <laughs> and Colin Sexton. So we have two nets in that elite bottom area. And just so that people don't look at this stat and, and say, like, why this isn't necessarily reflective of who a good player is, like having a high usage and and being an efficient scorer. I want to read you the top five, actually the top six of the list, okay? Number one, Carl Anthony Towns. Number two, Devin Booker. Number three, James Harden. Number four, Damian Lillard. Number five, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number six, Anthony Davis. So players that are good at this are extremely elite offensive players. Those are the best offensive players by far in the NBA. They have huge impacts on creating a winning team. And we have Karis LeVert, who is the worst at that, and Spencer Dinwiddie, who also ranks in that in that bottom. I would say the jury's still out on whether Cat or Devin Booker lead to winning teams, but the very good offensive teams. Mm-hmm. But yes, the the jury is certainly out on them leading to winning teams. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but that's because Carl Anthony Towns is playing next to an Andrew Wiggins who made it into the bottom of that list. I thought he was 
shining. Everyone was so excited. The first few weeks they were doing really well. He was playing better, and then he's reverted back to the thing that everyone hates about Andrew Wiggins. Got it. Um, So I don't know where. How are you feeling about Karis? People seem to have turned against him on on Twitter. I I would say. Yeah, um, I I am as as worried about Karis as I've ever been. Uh, except for maybe when he went down with that injury last year and it seemed like it might be career-ending. Uh, but that lasted a day. Um, so, I, I don't know. There's, I mean, I, you know, it's hard to spin it. Uh, I'll be trying to, as I'll be caucusing for him later, but, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's very, very worrying, you know, e- even you, as a, you know, f- far from being a Karis Levert um, believer were like pretty pleased with that seventeen million dollar for three year contract. Like you know, like oh, if he stays healthy, he'll be. That's or, a steal. Yeah, right. Um, and if you looked at his numbers just before he got injured, you would say no, he's not a superstar or an all star or anything. But that's like seventeen million is like fine. I think he was averaging like I don't know seventeen points and. It wasn't great or anything, but like it wasn't. You wouldn't lose sleep on a seventeen million dollar contract. A team would would eat that seventeen million dollar contract in some sort of like you know big blockbuster trade or something uh, to 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 build up the salary that it would take to get like a a big player, right? Him and Torian Prince and whatever, and you know you build that up and give them a bunch of picks and they give you a a player who's who's on max money. But now, um. If he doesn't improve, that contract is a little bit toxic. Um, you're talking like Alan Crab. I mean, again, I I do think he's going to turn around. I don't think he's an Alan Crab, but right now he is kind of an Alan Crab level contract. Uh, heading into it, he hasn't even started that contract yet, so so you're you're not quite there. But it's uh, uh, it's it's not good. No, it's it's certainly a little unsettling. I don't think he's anywhere near as hopeless as Alan Crabb. <laughs> um, he just is able to do more with the ball and is better defensively, I think, than yeah. um, Alan Crabb ever was. So I'm not I'm not I'm not in totally I'm not in total hopeless land, but I am at the point where the people, the thing I think that's bothered me the most about Karras is just how hard people have gone in on him being spectacular. Um, people saying he was definitely our best player when he was healthy last year. That he is the superstar in waiting. He's going to be the third star with Durant and Kyrie. And I've just never, except for flashes, felt that that was going to be the case for um, Karras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, though you know, and now the sort of uh, I I don't know. I mean, the longer this goes on, the 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 more those sort of expectations are gonna plummet. And you know, like I said, maybe the new expectation is like hopefully he can play to his contract, right? Um, which would be what like a really good sixth man. Yeah, and I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it basically like what? Who else is making like you know? Think of like. Um, I, I'm trying to think who who makes around that like a like Marcus Smart basically mm-hmm. like a player who is very useful who definitely has big flaws in their game but you would like to have on their team and I think Marcus Smart is making 
less than that. He might be making like 12, but maybe 14. But he also signed at a time with like the worst free agent. The worst time to be a free agent was that um, free agency uh, two years ago. Um, So, yeah, something like that. Something like a useful player who is like um, not going to be the reason your team wins or loses, but is is helpful. Simon, what do you say we t- check out of Stat Station? Okay. If so, this hop, was a painful hop, one. Hop back on the train and head over to Iowa. Okay. <laughs> Home to one of the most demographically homogenous populations in the entire country. Here to set the precedent for how the Democratic primaries will go. Yeah. Uh, the votes or the caucus results will be in tomorrow. Um, it's an exciting time for... The U.S. of A. We've had billions of dollars already spent trying to manipulate us into and that's just Mike Bloomberg <laughs> into voting for someone. Um, a testament to how good the product must be if you need to spend that much. Um, but anyway, I think both of us are somewhat excited because uh, the the person we're favoring is. Definitely looking solid in the polls, though. If 2016 taught us anything, it is to deeply distrust the polls. Especially state polls. Yeah. Uh, right. So, anyway, the point of this segment is not to take a deep dive into politics. You will be happy to hear, listeners. But it is instead to pair different nets against one another. And Simon and I are going to try to caucus-like convince the other that one of these two players is better. So the three pairs we have are Torian Prince versus Joe Harris, mm-hmm. Garrett Temple versus Karis LeVert, mm-hmm. and Jarrett Allen versus DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. Um, so let's start from the top. Okay. You, you, you good with this? All right. Torian Prince versus Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just give like a, a broad statistical picture of each of these, like snapshot of each of these, and then we can get into our, our feelings on yeah. who, who should who should win. Great. So in in counting stats, Prince versus Harris, the the big five, your points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Uh, Prince is is better than averages more than Harris in all categories except for points in which he averages 0.9 fewer points. Mm-hmm. But he's got over two blocks more a game, um, a little better in steals and assists. And they're actually tied. In, over uh, two blocks more? Two rebounds. Not oh, blocks. two rebounds. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. Um, he's Prince is less efficient. His true shooting is 51% versus Joe Harris's, which is 58%. But... Torian Prince is better at free throws, which has been a real um, problem for the Nets this season. Uh, advanced metrics prefer Joe Harris, largely. Uh, the player impact estimate has Prince slightly better than him, but that is not a terribly reliable one. Um, RPM has Harris at 100th in the entire NBA and Prince at 234th. That's a pretty massive distinction and the PER has Harris uh, about 40 higher than Torian Prince so Simon what's the case for Torian here I would say positional 
versatility, possibly. Okay. Uh-huh. We have him playing a position that I don't think Joe Harris, I mean, not necessarily elite but at, at power forward, but he's able to step in as a power forward when we need him, um, which is something that we couldn't even pretend Joe Harris could do. As a result, you've seen him average career highs in rebounding, which is actually helpful. And there are games when you can see him meaningfully impact the um, the the game in terms of rebounds. Um, I think that he's probably, uh, and I, I don't, uh, I think he's probably a better defender in that he can defend more positions than him. And he's, he's to me at least, not been in a, an offseason for Joe a meaningfully, significantly worse shooter than Joe. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, wh- I... Okay, let let's start in an interesting place. I I, I think uh, at uh, for for somebody who's arguing for Joe Harris with defense. Yeah, Joe Harris's defense. Sorry, let's start. Uh, sorry, Torian Prince's defensive rating. Our defensive stopper, the guy we were told <laughs> was going to be the one. You know, you stick on the best player of the team, and you know, to make him work. Blah blah blah. One hundred nine point one. That is terrible. Uh, it's actually... Wait, am I reading the right one? Hang on. That might not be right. Uh, oh, boy. It's... Sorry. No, all good. Uh, yeah, 109.1. That is, that is what I had. Okay. Now, let's go to Joe Harris's, which is... His defensive rating is 107.8. So, actually, slightly better. And no but one is going to But defensive rating there. is not by any means... Like, is not that meaningful of a stat. It's incredibly difficult. Yes, you, you would say that. 109 <laughs> is a... Terrible 107.8 is not yeah, but miles Joe Harris better. isn't a stopper. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Joe Harris is is all widely thought of as a defensive liability. But jo- look, our but defensive Torian stopper Prince, has a worse. But Torian Prince is not allowed to play the wing position because he's forced to guard out of position at the four. Well, let's let me say this, okay? Wouldn't you think? That somebody who was playing out of position at the four, he is out of position at the he, four. <laughs> he is, he would be pathetic at the three. Is is my view? Okay. And also, wouldn't you think that that player? I can't believe you don't think that he is worse. That Joe Harris is. You read the percentages. You don't think he's meaningful, meaningfully <laughs> different at shooting. The guy, Torian Prince, is a horrible shooter. He is his field goal percentage he's is thirty eight point five. He's the only player on the net. One of the only players on the nets that makes Karis Levert look like a his, sharpshooter. His, his true shooting percentage is better than Karis Levert's. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Uh, By his five percent percentage. His three point percentage is thirty five point two. So that stretch four is really stretching it at below average three-point shooting. Uh, And uh, if the best you can really hang your hat on is that Torian Prince gets 6.4 rebounds as a power forward, you have a terrible player (laughs) who is at best salary filler. Uh, who's going to be making $14, $15 million next year. And this is after he's been, uh, you know, markedly better over the last few days. I do think that Kyrie does seem to help him uh, open it up and give him really wide-open three-pointers that even a uh, a uh, completely fake three-point shooter like uh, Torian Prince can, can uh, benefit from. All right, so who are you uh, caucusing with? At the end of our conversation. Oh, here. definitely, definitely, Joe Harris. I think that's the old, that's the easiest one that I have. I Absolutely. Have to yeah. No, I would. I, I would say. 
you know, all all other things being equal, if if uh, salary were you know contracts were thrown out and you just got to pick a guy you wanted on your team, mm-hmm. I think I would take uh, take Joe Harris. Okay. Mm. <laughs> now let's move on to Garrett Temple and Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. Garrett Temple has moved up Kenny's uh, lineup, and he comes in ahead of Karis well, LeVert. He's starting. Right. So there you go. I mean, he, he's, you can't beat starting. <laughs> you can't beat starting. Um, counting stats, Karis uh, it generally prefers Karis because he has the ball in his hands 26% of the time when he's on the court. He has an extremely high usage rate. So he averages more points. Uh, uh, slightly more rebounds. Um, he averages 0.8 more assists than Garrett Temple, which to me is really an, almost a knock against Levert in that Levert often plays as the primary ball handler and thus should theoretically be the point guard on the court. Um, and if you average 0.8 more assists than a guy who is a 3 and D guy, you're certainly not distributing the ball very well. Um, their steals are the same, and Garrett Temple slightly better in blocks. True shooting goes to Temple. He's um, not one, uh, you know, one of the worst true shooting percentages in the league. He's at 50%, which isn't great, versus Karras is 46. Free throw, uh, Temple is much better, 74% versus 64%. And then the advanced, uh, this is where you get some eye-popping stuff, Simon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the net rating of these two players, um, Temple is at negative 2.4, and Karis LeVert is at negative 6.4. So Karis has a really bad net rating on this team. Uh, in, in terms of RPM, neither do well, but Temple's at 351. Karis is at 435th. He has the second worst RPM of any net ahead of only your beloved TLC. <laughs> so that's really, really not bad. And their PER, um, Levert is slightly ahead at 271 versus Temple at 290. So neither are popping off the page. In, advance. in fact, both of them are quite bad in advanced um, metrics like this. But I thought the net rating was probably the one... Uh, that was the most glaring to me of all those. Mm. Where are you at with these two? Who would you start? Who do you think is having the better season? I'm not saying who's who. Who do you want on your team for the next five years? But who's having the better season? Who's been the better player this year? Um. Yeah, I think Garrett Temple has. I mean, Garrett Temple has played more games. He is. Uh, I wouldn't say reliable because he has plenty of horrible games and then Mm -hmm. he has some games where he's like lights out shooter. Um, But he he has had more good games than Karras has had. Uh, Yeah, I think think probably he has had a a better season. But um, my my uh, it's going to be a feelings based pitch. My caucus for Karras. Sure, sure. You know, sometimes that works in politics. Yeah, exactly. Pe- people want a guy you can have a beer with. Uh, right. Not not the um, rambling maniac uh, um, Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, 
Uh, it's not fair to mock senility, but at a certain point, it's, you're asking it's, for so, it. Someone tweeted something like, Joe, Joe Biden running is elder abuse. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay, so, sorry, we're, we're getting into those politics again. Go Niners. Um, <laughs> or Chiefs. So <laughs> We don't want to be divisive. We don't want to alienate exactly, anyone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I don't care. <laughs> so um, I, I just, I... I do. There's a there's a feeling in me, and I think it is shared. It's it's starting to be. It's starting. The flame is starting to get extinguished out there. But I just believe there is a feeling in many in Nets Nation that Karis LeVert can turn it around. And when Karis LeVert is good, like he was in the in the playoffs last year, or like he was in the first uh, 18 or so games before he got hurt last year. He is so much more exciting and interesting and and intriguing uh, than Garrett Temple has ever been, um, and so my pitch would just be to to not that he's necessarily had a better season so far, but just that the upside of Karis LeVert's season, even at this point, is higher. Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't want to get into upside. I don't want to get into the future. And I don't want to get into your goddamn feelings, Simon. <laughs> I just think that it's telling enough that you could have a realistic debate over who the better player has been this season, Garrett Temple or Karis LeVert. To, that, to me, tells you that Karis LeVert is not delivering on the promise of what we had all hoped Karis LeVert would be. Yeah. Whether I, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, uh, again, if I'm picking a team, I would probably pick Karis over Garrett Temple. But I think that the, the debate is a real one, and, and and there isn't anything jumping off the page that says unequivocally Karras is the superior player this season. Which yeah. is which is uh, disappointing. Yes. Uh, final caucus. Uh, Jared Allen versus DeAndre Jordan. Um, I think it could you could just break this down simply as do you want a center who plays defense at all? Or do you want DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> um, if you wanted to make this a, a short and sweet uh, caucus, I will not not go through all of the stats on this, but I would say that the um, advanced stuff that stood out to me were uh, the net rating again. Jared Allen is a positive. He's a 1.1 wow. net rating. Unbelievable. Um, on, a, on a six on games a under 500 miserable team. team, it's very hard to have a positive net rating. That could be because he is one of, if not the best defender on this team and has a huge impact on the defense. Um, whereas... <laughs> Uh, DeAndre Jordan's given Karis LeVert a run for his money and negative impact. He's a negative 5.8. So that is a massive disparity there in terms of net impact. Um, and the RPM was another one that stood out to me. Real plus minus. It has Jared Allen at 69th in the league. And this is the stat that people say by the season's end, that's going to be the one that is like most people's list of best players is going to correspond most closely with RPM. So it has Jared Allen at 69. Um, and we're at a meaningful number of games because that, that none of them have set out much. Um, and Jordan, De- DeAndre Jordan is at 342 in that. <laughs> wow. And that, and it's also those things do favor big guys. 
guys. Right. And if you're down, if you're down there in uh, Garrett Temple Land as a as a seven footer, um, you are <laughs> you are doing something very very wrong. Um, so Simon, <laughs> tell me why I'm supposed to be here caucusing with your boy DJ, other than he's friends with Kyrie and, and Kevin. This is another feelings based one. <laughs> okay. Um, and I don't think you share this feeling, but I'm just gonna put it out there. I think that it is, and our our friend of the show, Steve Lichtenstein, has said this sometimes during certain games, where at the end of the game, if we are playing a big team, um, you feel more comfortable with DeAndre Jordan out there only because DeAndre will... More li- is more likely to secure the rebound. Uh, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but I hope that you will believe me when I say, because um, Steve has mentioned it, etc., that the rebounding percentage, the Nets' rebounding percentage, uh, defensive rebounding, goes up with DeAndre. For sure. Um, so I would just say in those limited circumstances, I think it's fair to feel like you would rather have DeAndre out there. Under certain circumstances, some, again, some games you don't even have a center out there at the end of games. Um, sometimes Jarrett's uh, defense on perimeter players outweighs his need to, or his, his um, worst rebounding ability. But sometimes it can feel like DeAndre being out there is more comforting. Um. Gun to your head. It's mo- it's Magic Monday in uh-huh. Iowa. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who are you caucusing with in your heart of hearts? Jarrett. Okay. I, I have actually become a bigger Jarrett fan um, over the course of this year than I was uh, at the beginning. Yeah, I think he's still a frustrating player. Um, it, there are nights where he, he sort of disappears and wilts and, you know, becomes a, a more of a wallflower. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he has so much upside. He is really a spectacular rim protector. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of high-flying dunks in him. All right. We good on caucusing? Yeah. Uh, do you wish that New York State converted to the caucus method? I don't understand. I don't know what the caucus method is, really. I mean, I understand it means, like, you stand in one place or something for a while. You have to be in one place for a while. You don't just vote. Right. I think it's you You have to – it's, like, about consensus building. Oh, okay. Is that it? Where you have to come to, like, through discourse, come to some sort of conclusion. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how the, it formally works. Mm-hmm. Like, at what point you can say, oh, right, now we're at this point. Like, is there an actual vote? Is there a counting of something? I don't know. I don't know any of that. I'm sure there are myriad, like, here are the technical how-tos of, of running a caucus. Yeah. In principle, it sounds more um, something approximating democracy uh, <laughs> yeah. in, that, in that it, like, involves having a conversation and trying to, like, hear ideas and defend a, a certain perspective and then mm. – and not just sort of, like – you know, hey, here's 30% of the population coming and casting their yes-no sort of vote on this thing. Right. Are we good on caucuses? Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, then let's move to the trade deadline. It looms February 6th, 3 p.m. It's over. Things are going to happen that final day. Things that we obviously cannot foresee. Uh, but... 
formerly inept uh, general manager of the Nets, Bobby Marks, had something to say about it. <laughs> he was never GM, was he? Uh, he I was think like he assistant. briefly became GM when when um, when Billy, Bobby Billy King, Billy King got fired. Yes, okay. I think briefly, but yeah, he was he was he was never like for a sustained meaningful right. amount of time the actual GM. Right. Um, and I don't think for any of that part uh, made the Nets a meaningfully good team. Um, but it's always good to listen to to what Bobby Marks has to say. Yeah, he in more recent years was advocating for a, a long-term deal for Rondé Hollis Jefferson, which at the time, to be right. fair, I also backed, but it was a bad... Um that would have been a bad move. Yeah, for sure. Um, he thinks either Spencer or Joe and some draft assets could move for a little guy whose name has never sounded so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> this year's Julius Randall, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. What do you think? Could we do it? Would we make it happen? Does it make sense? Nothing scares me more than that Bobby Marks is talking about this. Yeah. Like, it is the kiss of death for him to talk about any of these Because it's just players. not going to happen. Well, no, because I just am like, oh, shit, if he thinks that's a good plan, it's a terrible plan. Oh, uh, I see. I see. Right, like, right, right. Makes sense to me, but mm, <laughs> right. yikes. I guess I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> I would. I think that's perfectly good. You know, I, I think that... Um, you know that that I think we talked about this before. Like the sell high, and Joe Harris is lower than he had been, but he's pretty high. You're still selling pretty high on yeah. Joe Harris. Um, and Spencer is certainly you know as as high or close to as high as he's ever been. Aaron Gordon, meanwhile is on a team that just cannot escape the 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 just weak weak grip of the nets. Uh, um they are losing just as much as we are. Um they've never had a winning team even really that close. To, I mean they've just not had a good team with Aaron Gordon. No. He has not he has taken a step back this year statistically. Um that so he, prime, he's on a prime low. Yeah. Nets fodder right there. Right. So it's time to maybe get the magic to um you know, do that. I, I think if you have to do more than trade those two for Aaron Gordon, I think that's a bit rich. Aaron yeah, Gordon is not a, a god. That is a lot for Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Um, I think one of those two and draft assets would make sense. But both seems like kind of an overpay. Yeah. Would you be willing to give up a first-round pick? <laughs> Shit. Sean Marks is going to get rid of it some way, right? <laughs> <laughs> If not now, <laughs> certainly very soon mm. that pick will be someone else's. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm cool with it. We've okay. already we've already sacrificed the future for uh, someone who makes Jeremy Lin look like a um, piece of stainless, unbreakable steel. We didn't, we didn't say this at the top, but uh, the MRI came back, and there's no like it's it's not worse than a strain. Yeah, it's a strained knee. To the Nets. Right. It's it's just an impinged uh, shoulder. Don't worry about it. He'll be back in six to eight weeks. But we're going to hold off on that conversation. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, so, I don't know. To to me, it's a little bit – I like Aaron Gordon. I would rather trade – current players than like I would rather give up both of them than give up one of them and a pick um, because I think that 
again, as of now, we still have all our picks except um, this year's if we make the playoffs, which... God help us. We're trying to not, but <laughs> these teams <laughs> right. at the bottom. Are... I mean, the Bulls are, are just not living up to their end of the bargain here. Make a run of some kind. <laughs> um, all right, Simon, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and if there's one thing the two of us care about, it is that day. Yes. Oh, wait, 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 Bill. I just want to quickly talk. Oh, wait, yeah, just we haven't Jay really Crowder. Uh-huh. He mentions Jay Crowder and um, Serge Ibaka as two people that the Nets might target, or maybe just one or uh, rather than the other, um, as vets next year who are going to be free agents who might take a discount for the pleasure of playing with um, Jeremy Lin's uh, um, <laughs> injury um uh, bro, uh, you know, equivalent, and um, Kevin Durant. Yeah, uh, are you are you excited? I mean, we talked about Serge last week. I think both of us would yeah. would, would welcome Serge with open arms. Jay Jay Crowder. Um, I have been a long time, never seen him play. Huge fan. Right. Um, okay. I'm not as big of a fan on Jay Crowder. Okay. To, to, to me, Jay Crowder is like like peak um, Damari Carroll. Okay. Well, I would. I mean, I just want. He is a. He is a tough. He's a tough. Uh, he's a guy I would have loved on the Nets three years ago. Okay. But I don't think is going to make a meaningful impact on a really good team. So to me, I think, as you know, I think the Nets' biggest f- flaws, and and you agree um, to a, to a degree, is their level of defensive toughness, mm-hmm. and I just think Jay Crowder. If you can get a Jay Crowder, you just snatch him up. I, I, you know, we got a lot of softies we can trade for that, uh, or, or you know, whatever sacrifice um, for that guy. I would, I would take him, even though I agree. You know, I, I don't think he's like the difference between a championship. Um, Bobby Marks also concludes by saying he, uh, the confluence of factors makes it unlikely Brooklyn can or should swing for a major upgrade before the deadline. The Nets will have more options this summer. I hope even if that's the case, we do something. We like a, do just something. a small oh, yeah. yeah. shakeup, a taste. Yeah. yeah, I want I want something to sort of delude myself into believing in sooner rather than later. All right, Simon, Super Bowl Sunday. You ready for me. some rapid fire? Um, and then we're going to talk Kyrie, and then we're gonna we're gonna let you all go. Thank oh, okay. you for spending some time with us yes. on this. Whatever day it is you're listening. Um, all right. These are going to be rapid fire. You just answer from your heart, okay? Okay. Who are you rooting for? 49ers. I'm a huge Niners guy, too. Pound it out. Um, who's your favorite Niner? I don't know anyone on their team, honestly. Um, and nor do I know any Chiefs. Well, you don't know you don't know the main chief, the quarterback, Mahomes. No, I I am not a. Just, I really know nothing I don't, about I don't, football. I couldn't name a Niner. I mm. know that they have his name's like Garofalo. It's not Garofalo, but it's something like that. Okay, and he was like Tom Brady's backup. That's uh, their quarterback. Uh, okay. Um. So I guess that my next question's <laughs> going to be a pretty good one. Who's your favorite chief? I yeah. Mahomes. Home. Mahomes. Mahomes. Uh, Andy Reid is their coach. Oh, a Philadelphia big fame. red. Uh, big yeah. Red. I guess that's what they call him now. Um, which city would you rather visit? San Francisco or Kansas City? Kansas City. 
Just for the novelty? No, I mean, I've yeah, I've been to San Francisco. Uh, everything that I have heard, I mean, we were just there. I wasn't exactly oh, right. get my yeah, socks yeah. knocked off from that, and I think it's only gotten worse. I think it's basically an unlivable, um, you know, rich paradise. It's like what what uh, Bloomberg hopes to turn this country into. <laughs> <laughs> Don't caucus for Bloomberg. Uh, which city would you rather buy a home in? I think uh, you've just answered that. Ooh, I, yeah, a home, um, meaning a yeah. I, I Kansas City. I, you know, I had a great time when I was a very young child in Kansas City for a family reunion with my, the people that live the side of the family that lives in Missouri. Yeah, it's a, it's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to check out Kansas City. I'll be in St. Louis um, this summer. I don't know if I'll have a chance to get over to KC. Yeah. But, um, Simon, what is your favorite? Super Bowl ad of all time. <laughs> oh, gotta be the um, the um, uh, Budweiser frogs. Budweiser. <laughs> Not. Was that? So I was thinking of that. So if that was actually a Super Bowl commercial, then yes, definitely that. Yeah. I mean that it will always. <laughs> but I, I wasn't sure if that was a Super Bowl commercial, whereas I remember for whatever reason right, that the, the bud. frogs. So were. in any case, Bud sort but of he's always been king of the right, right, the right. Super Bowl commercials. And also telling of like those are early to mid nineties mm-hmm. ads when we probably were actually watching. Actively watching the Super Bowl. Um, what's your favorite Super Bowl snack? Oh, good question. Um, I'll say wings. All right. Um, we are going to a dip party this afternoon yes. for the Super Bowl. What dip are you bringing? I am bringing store-bought French onion dip from Hell of a Dip Company. You store-bought French onion dip? I told you I was making French onion dip. Well, I forgot that, and I wanted to get... <laughs> but you also got ranch dip, so you can't... I, uh-huh. Those are the two dips. You also made ranch dip. Salsa, guacamole, queso. All these things you could have got. Yeah, I don't know. That's just not Super Bowl. I mean, you made the two <laughs> classic dips. Forgive me. You don't, You can't have a... Hey, Simon, please don't get store by the thing I'm going to make. All right, cool. <laughs> I'll, actually, that's what I'm going to do. I was and being gonna mindful you, on I'm Friday, make Bill, you as you remember. Like an asshole. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. Hey, Simon, I'm going to bring chips, so don't bring chips, okay, buddy? <laughs> um, what dip do you hope is at the party? <laughs> Um, I hope someone has, that's, I don't know. I mean, you're bringing ranch, which is great. Cool ranch. Cool ranch. And Frencho. And and Frencho, those are my two favorite. You know, I, I, nothing better than dipping a, even better is like a chicken strip. Yeah. Uh, A buffalo chicken strip in some cool ranch or some (laughs) buffalo. Oh, God. Mm, Yes. That's what I'll say. I'll say buffalo. Um, uh, Buffalo sauce. Buffalo sauce. All right. Cool. Um, Queso versus guac. Guac. French onion versus ranch. Ranch. Wow. That was automatic. Yeah. And yet you buy French onion. Well, they didn't have ranch at the thing. All right, final questions. Question: mm-hmm. Do you think any of our friends from Albuquerque mm. are definitely watching the Super Bowl today? Like Lane? Do you think? Yeah, I bet Lane is. I bet I wouldn't not. I don't. I wouldn't say definite. I would say he's the only definite one. Yeah. 
because I bet they're doing something with like friends and or the kids. Family. The kids yeah, get if you together. Have a family, and, you have to use that as an excuse. But know. I would also bet that Luke is watching. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Bone Malone, right? Bone Malone. Yeah, Tim. Oh, I almost guarantee you he does not watch oh, this. Okay. Maybe though. Who knows? The guy's full of surprises. <laughs> Um, all right, those are my Super Bowl questions. Feel free to um, let us know if you have any Super Bowl questions for us. Yeah, and uh, send them off maybe next time at gmail.com. Simon, Kyrie had an injury scare, but he's fine, just a sprained, e- sprained knee. Mm-hmm. This comes the day after <laughs> he makes history, shooting 19 for 23 for 54 points, he became just the third player to score more than 50 points on such efficient shooting, joining Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. That's first pretty, net ever to do it, to have two 50-point games in a season. Um, that's pretty good company there, Wilt, yeah. Wilt and MJ. Yeah. Uh, then, to, to add yet more to this Kyrie... Um, Bula Bays? Is that a thing? I don't know what that means. Like a soup of some kind? Oh. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Varden on the Glue Guys say Kyrie may shut it down for the season. Yeah. Post All-Star break. Simon, is he coming back from this injury thing ever? Is he going to be shut down for the season? How magical was that 54-point night? Um, where are you at with the highs and the lows of Kyrie Irving? <laughs> um, I... So I really hope they don't shut him down. I mean, that said, every second he's out on the court, he's a ticking time bomb of injury. So yeah. I can understand. there. It's not like if they shut him down, I would be like, that's an outrage. Unbelievable. There's no positives I can see from that. Because there definitely are. Like, he should be hermetically sealed, as, as you've said. <laughs> like, that's the only way to keep him safe from catastrophic injury. Right. Just like a, an IV of <laughs> vitamin C and other bone-enhancing <laughs> right. uh, chemicals pumped into his body. Right. P.E.D. the hell out of yourself until, whatever, a month before the season and then do the detox. Right. Um, because we need you as physically fit as humanly possible right. next and, year. And as we've discussed there's no clear evidence that him playing on the nets is um is like you know he makes the team better makes them win um one thing he does though and that 54 point game is a great example of it makes that team a hell of a lot more exciting to Mm. watch so for that reason i i hope he doesn't shut it down same here i would love some more Kyrie. the team is really hard to get excited about (laughs) (laughs) with or without him frankly but without him it's it is it's agony um so you know for that reason i do hope he doesn't get shut down plus i just think it's kind of lame to shut down for a season and it's also like yeah the the other side of again i just said that you know every time he's out there he could be hurt but it's like if he comes back next year it it, it, it he's just going to get hurt again like any time he plays basketball <laughs> he is likely to be hurt so right. you're eventually going to want him to play basketball like next year yeah. and the year after that but the guy can't do it without hurting himself. So you're going to see injury one way or another. That would be the other side of the, the, the right. coin. Um, all right. If you or someone you love works at 
or around Bud Light Lime. <laughs> you hit a, hit them up and tell them to hit us up, mm-hmm. and let's work something out. We can do plugs at the beginning of the cat. Timing yes. is not an issue for us. Not we at we all. are happy to put that puppy in at any point in the podcast. Yeah, payment minimal. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few. A few racks of BL lime mm-hmm. every now and then. Absolutely, we we're not going to be that demanding of customers. You would be shocked <laughs> to hear our opening offer, <laughs> and that's an opener that that's can be negotiated. Right. No, no, you can punish us. <laughs> we can definitely pay for those beers. Don't worry, we have money. Okay, right. Um, but but please let them know about us because we are trying to get hooked up with just a company that we believe in. Yes, firmly. Firmly. Uh, rate, review, tweet at, and I think maybe Simon will go ahead and see people uh, uh, next time. <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like Pina Colada